When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Looking around, I find the sea. I think I need a change. The rat race, I wanna flee. My world, I'll rearrange. I'm getting back to the roots of how it's meant to be. Growing gardens, picking fruit, racing livestock, living free. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornborough. And I'm your other host, Rachel Jamison. <laughs> we're glad you're joining us today. Uh, we've got a really good one today. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, some ways to use fallen leaves. Everybody's got that problem going on right now. I guess we'll call it a problem, but it's not really. I look at it as a, as a gift. Uh, but before we jump into that, uh, what have you been doing on the homestead this week, Rachel? Um, honestly, not a whole lot. It's been a pretty busy week with work. Nothing. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I've been playing with my greenhouse a lot. You know, I told you I got the aquaponic system going in there. Got that completely done. I got seeds planted and some stuff's up like three or four inches already growing in the seed. I mean, it just amazes me how quick things grow uh, in on an aquaponic system. I mean, I think I got, I seen broccoli and cauliflowers popped up. I got some crests in there that's doing really well. It's probably the thing that's growing the best in there because it just loves uh, water. Um, uh, peas. I even did some peas. I'm going to try to trellis up the backside of the, of the greenhouse. Uh, just all kinds of stuff going on in there. I just, it's been fun playing with that and getting that going. And, um, the wood stove has been working great. It hasn't been real cold, but I, I did a little experiment and I stacked bricks all around that wood stove to try to do more of like a, a mass for it to heat up. Uh, and it's working really well. I, I fired that up and then got it real good and hot and that stayed warm for several hours. So I think having all them bricks I piled up around the, the wood stove in there is really going to make a big difference as far as holding the heat in there. So yeah, it seems to be uh, going pretty well there. Uh, but that's what I've been doing, uh, other than just the regular old things. That sounds amazing. Just <laughs> sitting there in front of the fire. That sounds fun. Yeah. Do you have a, I, do you have a teapot on that fire I, yet? I I did uh, take one out there the other day and I made some chamomile tea while I was sitting there uh, working. Nice. <laughs> it was pretty nice. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I I like working out there at night because it's just, I don't know, it's dark outside and it's real, really well lit in there. I got some nice lighting in there and get the fire going and the fish. You know, you get, I got a little trickling sound there because I got a little um, a pump kind of recirculating the water constantly down there, one of them real low, low wattage pumps. And uh, it's just really relaxing to set out there <laughs> it sounds like it yeah. i might fall asleep though yeah <laughs> it's too too, it's almost too relaxing i find myself <laughs> going out there and just not getting anything done because i just <laughs> kick back in a chair and just relax but that's okay you need times like that too um but i can't wait to start you know i see how great some of the plants get and you know how well things are growing in there and uh, i'd say in a couple weeks uh, i'll know a lot more i did um take all my um microgreen trays and stuff out there and i haven't started them yet but i want to get those going out there as well i figure if i'm going to heat the greenhouse i might as well grow those out there too might and as well yeah yeah use do you space. have water out there well you have your do you have like a spigot in there no i'll have to take water okay. out there to, to pour the water in and stuff but okay. that's okay it's just you know 20 steps out the back door and i'm in there so no big deal nice <laughs> so yeah that's that's what i've been doing that's been a lot of fun so Looking forward to a winter of that. Hopefully it goes, that continues to go well. And it's going to be a lot colder this weekend. It's going to get down to the low twenties, um, the next few days. So I'll definitely have an opportunity to <clears throat> fire up the old wood stove and keep that, uh, try to keep the heat going in there real well. Yeah. You'll have an opportunity to test that thermal mass. Yeah. See, I'll see how it works. Um, but other than that, yeah, between that, the bricks and the water and everything, there's definitely a lot of stuff in there that can hold some heat and help it hang on. But I do have an electric heater in there on a thermostat, pretty much as low as that heater will go, just for when it does cool down, it can kick on, like in the wee hours of the morning before when the 
you know, the heat dies down and that can kick, kick in and keep it warmed up. Plus I do have a fish tank heater, which they're really low wattage um, in the uh, down in the uh, water to kind of just keep it from, you know, anything ever freezing over or anything like that. It would, I don't think it's ever going to get that cold in there, but if it ever did, that would prevent that from happening. So, so your goal is to keep it just above freezing then? Yeah, that's okay. Without the wood stove does. anyway. Yeah, that's what that would do. Yeah. Because uh, nothing I'm really growing. A couple of things I'm growing. I do have some cherry tomatoes in a pot in there that are that I just basically I had planted all summer in a pot and I just took them in there and they're they're continuing to produce in the greenhouse right now. So we'll see how long nice. those go. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I was going to ask you, uh, how's your peppers doing? I know you brought some peppers in the house. How are those doing? They're going very slowly. So, but they're not dying. They're they just going die. really slow. I think it's probably the lack of light. You have them under grow I have lights? them. I don't right now. Okay. I moved them into the house. We have a big bay window and I put them in there just for the time being okay. because my basement was kind of trashed from, I have so many potatoes. I didn't know what to do with them because my potato crop was pretty amazing. So I finally have all of that taken care of and my seedling area and taken care of. So I think I can finally put my grow lights up. It's, it's a pretty tight space down there. So I had to mm-hmm. reorganize, but yeah. once I get my grow lights up there, I think I'm going to have to move those under there because they're, they're alive. They're yeah. just kind of just kind of staying where they're at. Yeah. yeah they're not, not really growing doing much, yeah, but, yeah. um, but my, Oh, my hibiscus that I rescued from the deer. So I had started a hibiscus seed last spring and I planted it outside at our property and um, somehow, even though I have a seven foot fence, something was eating it. I think it was deer, but I don't know. Something ate it down to nubs and I thought it was going to be dead. But um, I dug it up, brought it back and it's looking beautiful again. So I saved it. Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to have to let it get a little bigger before I stuff it in the ground next time, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let it be a little stronger. Yeah. 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 The, uh, well, I'm, I'm curious to see how this, uh, peppers do this winter. So you'll have to Me keep too. us, uh, keep us, uh, yeah. <laughs> I have, uh, I wonder if they're going to actually produce new peppers, is what I'm wondering. Yeah. That's we'll see. I never actually got any peppers off of these. They were so oh. slow. I don't what kind know of peppers are these? They're Texas birdhouse peppers. Okay, and yeah. then I also had paprika peppers okay. to make paprika because I use a lot of paprika. Yeah. So, um, I brought both of those in. So I'm hoping. I got my plants in a little bit late. And then, of course, we're, we live up here in the north. So I thought maybe they just needed a longer growing season. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely want to hear more about that as, as it progress. I would love to see how those do. Yeah. I mean, I've never brought peppers indoors. But we always get such a good harvest of them here that you yeah. know I, I don't really need them to continue to grow for me i've got so many put up like there there's a bunch of them that ended up in the compost bin to be honest with you this year because i just couldn't even i'm jealous i, mean, I tried to give a bunch away and people weren't even taking them because i had so many of them and it was just it was crazy um i wish i was had the ability to set up at the farmer's market or something because <laughs> i could have probably sold right. a bunch of them yeah, yeah my goal was to can a bunch of banana peppers this year and i canned three pints that's yeah, I had <laughs> so many banana peppers. Yeah. It was crazy. It was probably the thing we got the most of, but even the jalapeno and the the cayenne and the, I mean, just everything. It was crazy. Even green peppers, just the uh, uh, bell peppers. Huh. We had a ton of those as well. See, they mine really was well. potatoes and green beans. Just, yeah. oh my, potatoes yeah. and green, so many potatoes and green beans. And kale. <laughs> the, I still have kale and chard. Well, those are, yeah, I do too. Those, that's the only thing I have out in the garden is actually my Brussels sprouts. I have, I think I have some mustard, some collards, maybe still out there growing, and the, um, yeah, and and chard and and kale are all out there, and everything else is out of the ground now. Yeah. My Brussels sprouts are still, and I have a Brussels sprout now. I went out this morning. It's about the size of a nickel. Awesome. Well, you might starting to, I might actually yeah, get them. I'm... I actually covered them. Speaking of getting into our topic, I actually have leaves pushed up around them. Yeah. Now they're supposed to be able to stand frost and stuff like that, but we've had a few freezes. Well, yeah. And I did the same thing with some leaves. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Yeah. Well, well I guess with that, we could just go ahead and jump into our topic. We're, today we're going to talk about ways to make use of those fallen leaves. And it sounds like you're doing that. I'm definitely doing that. Um, but uh, do you have a lot of leaves on your property? Oh my, we have. <laughs> Tons and tons of leaves. Yeah, We're kind of in the middle of a 
oak slash maple forest. Oh, so. those are that's well. As we get down into leaves that are the, some of the best leaves to use, those are some great leaves to use. Yeah, we have sure. lots and lots of them. Now we don't have very many trees in our yard specifically, but we're a quarter of an acre, and all the houses around us do. We had we did have some issues with some oak blight come through the neighborhood and take out a lot of the oaks. Oh, really? Which was three of our big trees we lost. Oh. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm the one with all the trees in my neighborhood. So all my neighbors are probably complaining because a lot of my leaves end up in their yard. But um, I try to keep most of them here because I want them, actually. I love having all these leaves because we use them in a few different ways. Um, Not all the ways we'll talk about today I use them in, but definitely most of these ways I, I use leaves in a lot of these areas. But there's a lot of benefit if you're able. And I know it depends on if you have a lawn. Like you don't want to leave... One of the, the first thing you can really do is just leave your leaves where they are. There's benefits right. to doing that. Um, if you leave a really thick layer on a lawn, it can kill your grass. So, I mean, of yeah. course, you don't want to do that if you've got a lot of leaves. and and But if you have a small amount of leaves just here and there, they're just scattered about on a lawn, run over them with a lawnmower, shred them up, or just leave them alone. It's really good for the soil if they if your soil can kind of you know take those in. It has a lot of benefits for for your uh, for your lawn even if you leave some on your lawn. But also if there's just an area you can do it in, leave a, a thick layer of them in one area maybe that's not lawn or kind of an area that you don't that's more of a natural habitat because they have great uh, wildlife benefits. A lot of animals uh, like like toads and um, just uh, a lot of different kinds of beneficial things that you would want on your property use uh, leaves to, to live in through the winter time. And uh, so it's, it's great to leave. To, we uh, have worms in ours all the time. When we leave a pile, there's worms all over in it. Really? Not, yeah. We always get worms in ours. We're okay. Like, like earthworms or. Yeah. Ta- okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you can definitely leave them out there and, and it benefits the both both the mi- micro and the macro organisms, you know, it'll do a lot for the the microorganisms in your soil. But like I said, uh, there's a lot of things. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, toads, lizards, even mm-hmm. some birds will use leaves in the winter time to build their nests and stuff for them to live in. They'll take them up and nest in them. A lot of insects, um, turtles. I mean, there's just a lot of things that use will will get in a thick pile of leaves and kind of survive the winter that way. So you know, if you can leave the leaves. In some areas, in a more natural area, they have a lot of benefits. So it's a good thing to do if you can do that. You can't do that everywhere. And I rake up quite a few of them to use them in other places. But the, where you have to break them up, there's plenty of things that you can do with them as well. But I just think if you can, leave the leaves where you can because they, you know, especially if you have a, a larger area or a more natural habitat area, yeah, it'll, those things that you're going to, that are going to use them leaves for a habitat are going to benefit you. The next year, they're going to eat a lot of your your damaging insects, or or they're going to benefit your soil. Like you said, the worms are going to having tons of them around. Obviously, good for your soil. Right. So yeah, that's just a, it's great to leave some where you can leave some. And I don't rake my yard perfectly. I'll we'll rake up if there's like big thick layers of an area. I'll take those leaves and use those for other things. But part of my lawn where they're just scattered about, I don't even worry about them. They're just going to lay there and feed the soil. You know, to the rest of the year. And then we have a couple areas in the backyard that's more natural around my compost bin. I don't really mow around that in that back area back there. Now we're dealing with smaller properties, so we don't have like big right. natural habitat areas. But I do have an area back there that's kind of weedy and and where I keep my compost and stuff. And I just let them lay all over back there. So if anything wants to use that area, they're welcome to do that. Exactly. Yeah, we use it a lot that way too. We have an area where we put them, actually we use it to suppress the weeds in an area that always gets out of control during the summer we just stick them on there yeah well that takes us to the next thing which is like for a a mulch a garden mulch um you can use them to to suppress the weeds for sure i mean yeah i pile them up uh when i planted garlic this year that's what i did i piled a bunch of leaves on top of my garlic so it's a great insulator for it protects them you know breaks down really feeds the soil because you know garlic's a heavy feeder anyway so the leaves will really help feed that soil too so yeah i put we put a little compost in there but then i pile leaves on top of that so um that's going to really help feed that that garlic so yeah things like that will really really benefit i found i was mulching some pots like i planted some onions and some pots in my greenhouse and uh 
I put, you know, an inch of leaves over the top of that just to kind of help with the, uh, not so much weeds, but with soil, reti- uh, with a, a water retention. Now, do you, do you, when you say you're putting leaves on, are you putting whole leaves? I did. Yeah. I just okay. put the whole leaves on yeah, those. I did the- that with um, some pots to kind of help fill out. Yep. Cause some of these big pots that I have, cause I do have several big pots take so much soil. Oh, so you put in the bottom. Yeah, we'll, so we'll get to that here in a few it. minutes. Is yeah. one of the things, yeah, because I think that's something we'll we'll definitely talk about here in a yeah. few minutes. But uh, yeah, you can put them on, underneath. I put them on top just to again shade the soil a little bit because I had those pots kind of setting you know, in your greenhouse when the sun's beating through there. It's pretty intense, so you know, kind of it'll really help keep that soil from drying out on those pots and stuff to have a little bit of you know, coverage on there. So I did that and, um, and put it on top of those, but I do that on my beds. You know, I, I, leaves are probably the number one thing I use on my beds, honestly, um, just for, a for, a uh, weed suppression, it'll break down and feed that soil. Now you may not, it may not completely break down. If you put whole leaves on there, it may not completely break down over the winter. Depends on how thick you are, what kind of leaves you have. A thicker leaf takes a lot longer to break yeah, down. Yeah. Yeah, uh, some leaves break down really fast. Some leaves don't. <laughs> some leaves will hang right. around. But, you know, uh, but at the end of the year, like if it's time, if spring gets here and it's time to, uh, you know, get stuff planted, I'll just take whatever's left on there and just kind of pick them up with my hands, throw them in the compost bin. You know, I don't worry about it. And then the ones that did break down underneath, I really ate it, went into that soil, created a, 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 a humus for that soil and it really just changes the whole tilt of the soil it'll aerate it a lot um uh it just really improves it a lot you can just tell when leaves break down on your soil it just does a lot for soil we have issues with ours getting matted together because we have a lot of them usually we run ours through the lawnmower and then yeah exactly you can do that you can shred them up a bit and it'll help them break down a lot faster so if you've got thicker leaves or leaves that just are known for not breaking down very fast it's really a good thing to do um when I compost them, which would be the next thing we're talking about, composting yeah. your leaves. Um, I do that for compost because it takes a long time for them to break down and compost. Usually, it depends on how hot you're. Com- in the winter time, it definitely takes a long time for them to right. break down. Yeah. Um, during the summer, they break down a lot quicker because you can get a lot more heat in your compost bins. But so I'll definitely shred them if I'm putting them in the fall for the winter. Um, add them to the to the compost. Now, when you're adding, do you do you compost your leaves? Any of your leaves? I don't, we don't typically add them to our actual compost. Well, we have, I guess I did this year, but I'm, I try to be really careful because we have issues with the matting and then they just stay there. Mm-hmm. So we usually do, you know, leaf mold, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely one of the number typically one things what we that do, we do. But yeah. we do add, we usually use them to cover the garden Yeah, and, um, and then as leaf mold, we don't use them a lot in the compost. That and I don't have a big area, a great area for compost right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I have quite a bit of compost. bins. <laughs> I have like four different ones going plus uh, plus some stuff in on the beds, even composting. I actually have right. some right on top of some beds that I'm composting right there. I just kind of in place composting. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll rake that up and get it out of there in the spring, but I'm just kind of letting it do it right over the top of the bed in a couple of places. And, um, but then I have some actual bins too that I've set up and uh, I do add some leaves, but I'm careful about leaves because leaves have a really high carbon ratio, yes. like 80, like 80 to one. So uh, on the carbon to nitrogen. So in other words, if you're adding leaves, you don't want to add too much, uh, compared to your green, your, your, your nitrogen stuff. Now, if you put fresh leaves in there that have just fallen, like as soon as they fall, they actually have a little bit more, ni- like it can be as low as 30 to one, like when they first fall. Right. But if they're really dry and crumbly, it's like 80 to one. So, um, it takes a lot. It, well, it can, basically, you can just slow down your compost a lot. Um, you get too much carbon and not enough nitrogen, your compost will not heat up and it will not, it just won't break down as quickly. Um, because compost is a bacteria and heat uh, when you're doing yeah, compost in that way. Right. And that's it, part of why we haven't done it, just because we don't have we don't have a lot of the green to add. Struggle with adding enough green to offset all the and, leaves. Yeah. Well, like in the wintertime, we'll add a lot more food scraps and stuff, which right. is, which turns yeah. into greens. Um, in, in this summertime, we have tons of greens because I'll add stuff 
you know, cut, you know, we're cleaning our kitchen scraps, like we're cutting our vegetables and all that stuff will go in. That's all greens. Uh, leaf uh, lawn clippings can go in there and that's greens. I usually don't break those up, but you could. I mean, there's a lot of greens, more green opportunity right. in yeah. the summertime. Than there's the winter. But even like I said, your leftover uh, scraps and stuff and food and stuff in the wintertime is a green and it'll go in there and, and do some good. So you just have to make sure it's appropriate. Now, with uh, t- for best results, you want you know, a 30 to one carbon to, right. to, um, uh, on the carbon to nitrogen ratio. Now what that looks like in volume is about three to one though. In most cases, like I said, leaves can actually be high, yeah. because the carbon ratio is higher. It's more like probably a two to one with, right. you know, carbon or your, your browns and your greens. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It looks like, like, in other words, like if you put a layer of, of leaves, you might want to put like, four inches layer of leaves and a two inch layer of green where normally you might put three or four inches of, of a Brown to one inch of green or, you know, two inches of green or whatever. So, you know, you just have to kind of think about the ratio to get the best results. Now it'll all break down over time, even if you're off, but if you want to get the quickest results out of your compost, that's kind of the ratio you want to to do to maintain it. Cause you can get a, if you do it right, you can get some heat building up in the wintertime, even with a compost bin, if you do it right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Yeah, um, if you have a really big one, yeah. Yeah, if you get a big enough pile and you got your ratios right, you can get a hot compost in the wintertime. Yeah. But it's a lot harder to get that to happen. Yeah. We um, have such a volume of leaves here. It is unbelievable how many yeah. leaves. That's yeah. We just have a hard time getting. That's why we we put some in the compost, but not a ton. I mean, yeah. it's such a small portion of the amount of leaves we get. Like our leaves are epic. <laughs> and I find shred, I find shredding them for the compost definitely speeds yeah. things up and helps it go a lot quicker for yeah, the actual for compost sure. bin. I don't put whole leaves in the compost bin because it would just take you would definitely it would take a long time yeah. for those to break yeah. down in compost. Um, but. Yeah, you can do that with a lawnmower and a bagger. You can do it with just a lawnmower and rake them up. Um, you can get like you and I both have on our, uh, yeah, our chipper shredders. We have leaf mulchers on them. Yep. You can buy just leaf mulchers too, though, because the you electric can. leaf I've mulchers and they're not bad. Yeah. I've heard good things about them. I don't own one, but, uh, yeah, like they do probably right. better than the ones on our chipper shredders because that's what they're made for. They're, you know, right. Uh, I find those ones on the, on our, my chipper doesn't, doesn't do great. It does all right, but it doesn't really grind them yeah. up. Like, like I like them to, you know, in this time of year, I don't know about where you are, but it's kind of rainy season here. Yeah, so when wet the leaves are there, wet, yeah. they're a lot harder to shred. Yeah. So I think lot. having an actual one that's having a tool that's dedicated for that, that's actually made for yeah. that. It probably works a lot better. So those electric uh, leaf shredders probably are really really good but i think a lot of people just have if you have a a lawnmower with a bagger that's just i think that's great too you can probably just run over them and dump it out and it's pretty easy also uh, probably does a good job um that's kind of what we that's kind of what we do we don't normally bag our grass when we cut it we usually just put it back down on the grass but in the in the fall we will that's what we do with ours basically yeah i just uh yeah, I'll do the same thing if I'm putting them in the compost bin. Now, that brings us to the next thing, though, and that's if we're making leaf mold, I do that a little different. Uh, leaf mold is probably, in my opinion, it's the best use of those leaves. I mean, I think yeah, raking sure. them on top of your garden beds is is another great use. But I think making leaf mold is you're going to get a lot of benefit from making meat leaf mold. So someone's like, well, what is leaf mold? Because maybe people don't know that word. Uh, it's not. I don't even know why they call it leaf mold. I mean, I doesn't. When you think mold, I think something that looks moldy, and I don't yeah. see that necessarily. Sometimes um, you get the little white mycelial in there, but yeah, you'll see some. It. You'll see yeah. that the fungus because that's what the process <laughs> is. So, what leaf mold is is what makes it different. It, it basically is just the breakdown of your leaves naturally, yeah. and what makes it different than compost is when you're talking about compost, it breaks down with heat and bacteria. 
is what generally breaks the compost down. But with leaf mold, it's a fungal process that breaks it down because it's a lot slower and it's more natural. It's what you would see in nature. You walk into a woods and a thick woods with lots of tree cover. All these leaves are on the ground. If you ever rake back those whole leaves are on top, you're going to start seeing this sludgy kind of yes. dark soil with a lot of mycelium in it. You'll see the white mycelium in them. And and you'll see that, and that's your leaf mold breaking down into the soil. Um, now, it'll eventually form a, 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 a humus that'll um, kind of be more into the soil, but right between there, you'll have that leaf mold. And it's one of the best things for soil there is. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it has been designed that way. It, it is just, it'll mm -hmm. do so much for your soil. And it, the downside of, of leaf mold is it takes a long time for it to break down. It's kind of a slow process, but that's why it it is so good. I mean, it's like I said, it's a fungal process breakdown, which is a lot slower than the bacterial uh, composting method. So that's the downside of it. Um, but when you add it to your soil, it has all the benefits of helping with moisture retention. It does a great job of aerating the soil uh, structure, you know, putting air pockets in the soil. Make sure, makes your soil just really kind of light and fluffy. Um, when it's, yeah, it's added like into your cake. soil. Yeah. Yeah. It's like cake consistently, like a thick chocolate cake. Yeah. Uh, it has so much benefit for the, the microorganisms in your soil. It's unbelievable. Like they feed on it. It's just, it's so good. Like some of the best soil you'll ever find on this planet is in a forest yep. underneath all the leaves. Dig that back and you'll see that dark rich soil. It's amazing stuff. And that's from the leaf mold. I mean, it's just has so much life in the soil when you add leaf mold to soil. Um, and it benefits, like we talked about earlier, has a lot of benefits for the macroorganisms too. There's uh, like the earthworms and things. Yeah. They they really can flow through that soil a lot better. Now, when they're going through it, they're leaving their castings. A lot of uh, uh, bugs are in there as well um, doing their thing. So you're, you're getting a lot of that. Your nematodes and whatever, it really increases the, the volume of a lot of the macro and, and micro organisms in your soil. So, um, it, like I said, it'll add a lot of mycelium, um, mm -hmm. a lot of good bacteria to your soil that are good, that your soil needs to, to be a living soil, which is going to help your, your plants just flourish. So having that in there is just, like I said, I, I can't really think of too much that's kind of a natural thing that you don't have to put a lot of work into that does so much for your soil. Yeah, and it's so easy to do. I mean, you can speed it up, like we talked about, if you shred it. Yeah, we, we'll talk about up. that. Yeah, yeah. But the um, trees are natural. Um, they accumulate minerals from the ground, and then they drop those minerals in their leaves. So mm -hmm. when you're making this leaf mold, you're getting all of those minerals that those leaves have. Yeah. It's just I, one of my mentors, his soil black mix uses a lot of leaf mold in it yep. because yep. it's so good for the plants. So. Yeah. That's what we're going to talk about some of the uses for it here in a little bit, but absolutely. Yeah. It, it does take a long time. If you put whole leaves, depending on what kind of leaves you even have, some leaves break down quicker. Probably. If they're thinner, yeah. uh, like more crunchy type leaves that aren't, that, that just naturally kind of dis dissolve quickly into a leaf mold. Um, there are some that do better, but on average, it's going to take a couple of years if you do nothing to your leaves. If you just pile them into a, what I like to do is either you can buy those um, bins that are like a, yeah. uh, they have a, the plastic ones or they have the wire ones that you can put up. That Those work really good because what the problem is, if you just pile up a bunch of uh, leaves, yeah. the wind might take them away, take a bunch of them away. So if you can put them in some kind of a uh, an enclosure uh, or even like a pallet bin or whatever, and the bigger the pile, again, the better, um, you can just pile them up and leave them set. For a couple of years and they will just naturally make leaf mold that's what happens yeah. it's just nature um ours is just an old piece of fencing we put in the yeah you can just wrap some fence up circle yep absolutely take some old field fencing put it in a circle yep. dump your leaves in there and if you got nothing but time dump them in let them sit it works great if you have uh less time that you would like to invest in making leaf mold right you can do some things. You can you can shred them. You can kind of moisten up the layers a little bit, and you can turn them periodically every couple, two or three weeks, kind of flip them around, make sure the, the ones on the outside get turned to the inside to help kind of break those down, let that mycelium get to work on those. And and it will definitely, you could turn years into months. It can, you know, six yes. to eight, nine months, you can have it. Um, but if you did nothing, a couple of years, you, you'll have good leaf mold. And uh, you'll kind of see the the progress. You can reach in there and 
you'll have these whole leaves on the outside. You kind of reach in a little bit. You see this partially broke down where you'll have chunks of leaves and the leaf stems. And, you know, and then you get more to the center. You'll have like this really fluffy where you can't identify a leaf. That's kind of your finished stuff. Um, And uh, like I said, it's great stuff. And then some of the ways you can use that are you can. There's really three ways I use leaf mold. There's I will actually if it's not all the way finished, I will make use of that too. And I will use that as a top layer mulch. And like, say it's maybe only been sitting for a year or so. There's still right. some chunks of, of leaf in there and some, you can, there, you can definitely tell there's some substance to it. You know, I might just put that on top of the soil and just, I won't dig that in. And the reason I would not dig that, dig, dig that in is because again, it's a high carbon to nitrogen ratio. Meaning if you mix that into your soil in that state, it can pull a lot of the nitrogen from your soil to right. try to continue yeah, so to break it down. Kind of like wood you would treat wood chips. Yes. Yes. I would not mix wood chips into soil. You put it on top of soil. So if you, but if you, but if you uh, just put it on top, it makes a great mulch and you can let the organisms kind of work that into your soil. The earthworms will come up, pull some of it down. The you know, insects, microorganisms, uh, they'll get up there and do some work and it will benefit your garden greatly. The best way to use it is to get it completely finished though. Yeah. And then mix it into your soil. Uh, uh, even take a broad fork or something and kind of lift and let it work down in there. Um, you could actually just cons- you could even till it into your soil and it would do wonders for your soil if you was a if you were using a rototiller. Um, but yeah, getting it into your soil once it's fully broken down, it's amazing. It's probably, I mean, I think about like compost and I think about like worm castings. Those are great for your soil, but honestly, I think I think leaf molds probably the best thing you can put on your soil honestly it's gotta be close and it's yeah. one of the most accessible free sources you can get i mean now you're going to want to make sure you don't get it from sprayed trees yes but you can get it people give them away they want yeah. them gone they so, set them out in bags you know, on the road for yeah. you to pick up it's amazing <laughs> yeah, so it's if a you're definitely... willing to wait and you have a space you could do a huge amount of them and once you get yes. that going after a couple of years you could have this unending supply if you rotated it properly yeah and, yeah. and all free. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the amazing thing. It's like we spend all this money buying composts and things to add to our gardens, and yet, you know, nature is just dropping the perfect stuff down right. for our garden. It's right there on the exactly. ground, and we just have to take a little bit of time, rake it into a pile, and just give it some time, you know. And like I said, you can speed that up a little bit, get you a shredder or whatever, or shred it somehow, moisten it just a little bit, turn it occasionally, it get a little quicker, but. It's amazing. You know, it's just an amazing right. amendment for your soil. It does so much for the tilth. It does so much for for the 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 uh, life in your soil. Uh, mm-hmm. It just does so much for that texture. And I just love uh, to get your hands in in soil that has a, a huge amount of leaf mold in it because you know it. As soon as you push yeah. your hands into it, you know it. It just feels different. It's so aerated and and light and fluffy and it's just it's amazing stuff and it's so nice to work in but you can also use it you mentioned that somebody uses it for seed starting yeah, um, for, they and, do soil yeah. blocks but they yes. use it in their soil block mix. i've actually and, just put it in trays and just nothing just but leaf cakey. mold yeah it's yeah. just like this i don't yeah. know how to describe the texture of it but it's like this you can squeeze the the fluid out of it but it bounces back it's like yeah it does really good spongy and it drains well but it also retains well. And that you think, yeah. well, how do those two yep. things go together? Well, they do. It 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 it, yeah. it basically uh gets rid of the improper amount, but it maintains the right amount of moisture, you know. Right, right. It, and then it's it, just so mineral yes. rich. It's great for yes. raising seedlings in. Yeah, yeah, I use it that way. I will put it in trays. So I'll just because I use trays, I don't have soil blocks, but I will use put it in the trays and just use it for for planting and right. put my seeds in. Yeah. And it's a free soil starter if you I mean it it is. A seed starter, it's free. So, I mean, you can just... Now you have me convinced I need to find more space for another spot. <laughs> yeah, I, I have, mean... We have mountains of leaves around, so... Yes, and yeah. like I said, it's, it's so beneficial. I mean, like I said, I think it's probably the most beneficial thing. I mean, it's what grows big forests, so... Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. Most yep. of the majority. Yeah, so, it, yeah, but it's probably the best way to use those leaves if you've got a place to do it. Um, now, I mentioned earlier, though... Moving on to the next thing that I use to do it on my garlic. Now, I was thinking as, as cover, you know, a mulch cover, but really I'm insulating my, my, right. what I've got yeah. there. Now you can insulate root vegetables. A lot of people leave potatoes, leave carrots, leave a lot of stuff in ground over winter sometimes. 
you can use leaves to pile up mm-hmm. on these things to insulate the soil and it will just insulate. Now I use them around trees. The ones, the trees that I don't have comfrey growing around because now my comfrey automatically makes this big pile of leaves around some right. of those trees. Yeah. But I have some that I don't have any comfrey around and I'll pile leaves up around those trees. Now I always make sure I pull back those leaves a little bit from the trunk because it'll hold a lot of moisture uh, on the trunk of your your tree and it can allow a lot of uh, give a great environment for things to eat at the bark of your tree also so you want to kind of pull that back yeah mice or anything just even some insects and things too can get in there and really go to town on it so you kind of want to pull it back away from the trunk a few inches but it really does a lot to insulate the 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 roots that are right there at the soil level coming off the trunk um it's a great insulator there how do you Um, hold that in there though like with the wind because they're shredded they stay a little better i suppose they will. And, and when they're wet, they'll stay. They'll kind yeah. of stay to them. So when you get so like I'm just now starting to do that, put some around some trees okay. and stuff and pull it back. So it's, you know, we're getting we're going to be getting snow here and the snow will kind of hold it. And it'll right. break Once down the and snow collapse. Comes, yeah. Yeah. It, it just. Yeah. You want to watch it, though. And kind of if you see some kind of blowing up against the side of a tree occasionally, go out there and kind of pull it back a little bit. You know, it ain't right. the most critical thing in the world, but I try to keep it away from the trunk. A little bit because yeah. it does offer an opportunity for some damage there. Uh, it just having that trunk moist all the time too is not good. It can just cause rot and things also. So just keeping it yeah. back a little bit, but having we it around the tree. Strawberries. I I I mm-hmm. covered my strawberries and leaves, yeah. and I've been using them to keep my Brussels sprouts going. I I've never grown Brussels sprouts, so those of you that have are probably laughing and saying, oh, they'll tolerate it way more than what you've got. <laughs> but just in case, I have been, I just kind of have them pushed up against the Brussels sprouts because I'd really like to pick them. Yeah, but, yeah. They do. Yeah. I think it's a great, I think it's a great insulator. It's just, and it's a free insulator. Like I said, it's something that nature is just dropping around. You can drop it on your garden. Right. And do you leave any root, do you leave any root vegetables in over the winter? No, because they will freeze here. Yeah, where you're yeah, at. In my area, close. we can definitely leave. Like, yeah. I could leave some things out. I could leave carrots out for sure. And I could go out there and dig right. them up. And they would probably be good. It depends. Uh, some winters, maybe not. Yeah. A mild right. winter, definitely. Yeah. But like, I've tried I, I have some times. out there, actually. <laughs> yeah. I've tried a few times. And it's never gone well. I can leave them in the ground for a little while. But mm-hmm. we get our ground gets froze pretty. Yeah. It goes pretty we deep. Get, yeah. um, and it also depends for us. If we get snow early in the year. So now if we got snow right now and it stayed, it does insulate the ground more. The ground temperature stays warmer longer. But if we like right now, we have no snow. And if we got cold for a long time, that that ground cools off quicker and freezes. But we keep we get snow. Usually we we most years we have snow by now and it stays till May. Sounds horrible. (laughs) <laughs> no i'm kidding i uh, don't hate it but members of my family do but yeah we get snow usually we have snow on the ground five to six months yeah, yeah. of the year so stuff freezes and then it's mushy and nasty yeah uh yeah i mean i i think it's just like i said you can definitely use the leaves with a little extra but in some places that may not work uh you got really cold winters it may not work but the further south you go um it definitely works better to, to get some insulation on them crops that you might want to leave in the ground, like uh, Jerusalem artichokes, for example, you can leave those in the ground up there. Couldn't you? We must be able to, because they keep coming back. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I, it, so I don't know if you would be on the edge, maybe something close where a, where a bad winter might harm yeah. them. Some leaves might help protect those and, and insulate those. Where mine are, we don't usually rake the leaves up. We just kind of leave the leaves. So they, mm-hmm. that might be helping them. Yeah. 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 Now, you mentioned earlier uh, that you put them in the bottom of pots and for some kind of filler stuff there. That's kind of a Google culture method. Yeah, I have some big, like, 20 to 25-gallon pots. Yes, yeah. And um, that's a lot of soil. And when you're on a small acreage like we are, I can't produce that much soil when I fill those. So. Mm So yeah, that's we have down that you can use them in Hugel culture mounds. Now there's yep. modif- there's kind of like this modified version of Hugel yeah. culture where people right. will fill raised beds partially with 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 some mass like that, uh, with some biomass like that. Uh, leaves can be that. You can, I mean, if you're doing an actual mound, you'll want to le- use logs and sticks right. and leaves. You'll want to kind of use a combination of all of those things. You wouldn't want to just use leaves. I don't think it would probably get 
it would work probably, but I would think you'd want the combination there to get yeah, more spongy because the leaves pack tighter and you probably wouldn't get that sponginess uh, in a hugel mound that you're kind of looking for out of a log that breaks down right. um, for water retention and things. But um, you can definitely be part of what you use. You could definitely tie them into your hugel culture mounds. You can definitely, if you've got some tall raised beds, you can definitely do the same thing, add that as part of the, the biomass in the bottom of those raised beds that you're going to put the soil on top of and even in large pots like you're doing. Yeah. So it's something that's going to break down and benefit the soil a lot. And it's going to tie, it's going to fill up some space for sure. Yeah, we have done that with, I forgot that we had done that, but we have done that several places on our property. We're pretty hilly mm-hmm. and we've put in a few raised, I say raised, but they were like on contour. So to make it so everything wasn't rolling out, we built up one side of it so it was flat coming up mm-hmm. a hill and we've filled those with um old punky wood and leaves several times yeah we just get so many leaves you don't know what to do with them so we've done that several times and those beds grow wonderful now we did find that it did work better if we shredded those because the leaves would mat together and then they created like this I don't even know. It's like this impermeable slime. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. nothing drains through. So we have found it works better to have a mixture. Yeah. Have a mixture in there. Have them either ground up or partially broke down already. Yeah. Or not as many in there. Yeah, yeah I could see that for sure. Yeah, they do. That you're right. They get on the lower levels of that, it'll definitely have like a which it's yeah. fine when you're piling them up on a bed or whatever that layer just feeds the soil but if you're looking for something that's gonna yeah you're wanting water to penetrate through it and get get through it really well maybe maybe that ain't the best way to to uh, arrange it (laughs) yeah in the pot is where i had the most issues when i did that so the next ones i used the shredded because when they were in the pot and i did the hole they just kind of created this mat that didn't drain Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i could see that yeah so, again, there might be some things you have to be careful about when using them in certain ways because they might cause slight problems. But all in all, it's still a, it's still a useful uh, biomass to put in in these things in conjunction with other things and in a certain way. You just have to kind of think about yeah. what's what works best there. Um, so, yeah, using them there, too. I mean, it's still going to benefit your soil. It's going to do a lot for you. It's going to help retain moisture it's going to feed the soil it's going to do a lot of things for you there so again feeding the soil seven the seventh thing we have here is kind of a little different because i mean there's a lot of people who burn their leaves you know they pile them up they burn them you can do that it's probably not the best environmental thing to do but a lot of people do it but can you make use of those ashes that you uh burn uh, one of the things you can do is is make we call it potash here. Some people go potash. <laughs> That's how you pronounce it, I guess. How do you how do you say it? Potash. Potash. I've, I've heard people say. Oh, I've heard people say potash. Um, yeah, I think. I don't know. I've heard people say it that way. But yeah, we call it potash, and basically, it's it's potassium uh, that your that comes in the ash. And some people put that on their gardens. You can take that and put that on your gardens, and it will increase the two things. It'll increase the potassium, and it'll also increase the pH of your soil. So you don't want to do it unless you need those things. So right. a soil test is kind of necessary before you're going to use it. But if you do need to increase the potassium in your soil or you do need to increase the pH of your soil, you can use potash, which is from ash. And leaf ash contains that. So it will work for that. So if you do burn your leaves and you want to use it on your garden, if you need it, you can do it. Do not put it around things like blueberries because right. you don't want a higher pH for blueberries. There's just some plants that, Right. You don't want to put it around. So you just make sure that you want the proper pH or that you need an increased pH for your plants in that area. Um, or you need an increase of potassium. A lot of gardens do really well with an increase of potassium. So uh, it's beneficial for sure in a lot of gardens to do that. There's a lot of people. I, I know when I was growing up, my dad always did that. We always took yeah. our wood stove ashes and took them out to the garden and put them on the garden. Always. It was just, it's just part of, we would dump them there and then just till them in, you know, as when we tilled the spring, uh, till it all in. Uh, I don't know that we needed to do that, but he did it always. And it never seemed to hurt our garden. So my father-in-law I, always did that too. Yeah, I, yeah. Of course I didn't grow up gardening or anything, but my father-in-law always used the wood ashes yeah. in the garden. And I actually used them this year. Some of them, uh, in my potatoes. 
Yeah. Potatoes like potassium and boy, my yeah. potatoes were fantastic. There year. are some crops that do extremely well with really high potassium and potatoes is one of them. So yeah, do a little homework, figure out what crops might benefit from that. Maybe do a soil test to know what you have and then, you know, yeah. go for it. I mean, if you're going to burn your leaves anyway, make use of those ashes and, yeah. and put them to use because uh, they can benefit your garden uh, in a different way than just putting leaves on your garden. So it might be something to do if you want to do that. Now, uh, burnt leaves can also make another thing called lye <laughs> yes. and lye can make lots of things. Lye makes is used in making of soap. It can be used in like furniture polishes, drain cleaner, oven cleaners. It can make a lot of different kinds of cleaners and other things as well. And leaves produce lye. Now, I don't know if it's the best thing to make soap with, because I know when you're making soap with lye you should use hard wood and yes. because there's oils in the softwood that don't mix well with the fats to make the soap so i don't know about soap but i i know it does contain lye and so if you're not mixing it with fats because even softwood makes lye it just doesn't make the best lye for soap um and i don't know i don't know if you use leaves from hardwood trees if it would Make you know, I don't know. It might still work great. I don't know. Um, somebody can try that and tell us. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But I know it can be used as a drain cleaner. Now, I say that with some precaution. I also know it can do some damage because it's so oh, yeah. abrasive and so strong. It can actually damage some kinds of pipes. So be careful. Do some homework before you go doing that. It can be used as an oven cleaner, but it will remove more than just uh, the bad stuff. It can remove paint. It can remove oh, yeah. enamels. It, it's very strong. So if you're going to make stuff with lye, do your homework, make sure it's a proper thing. I think, I know people use it to remove like stains from woods or change the colors of woods uh, that they're doing woodworking projects with. That's I mean, it can interesting. Be, I've never heard of that. Yeah. It can be used in that way too. I've heard of that, huh. uh, that lye can be used. So, I mean, there's a lot of ways to use lye. I just don't know right. if leaf that lye produced from burnt leaves uh will do yeah. everything that um wood I'm or hardwood might make a softer soap maybe instead of a maybe hard yeah because you can make actually liquid soap with a uh, liquid lye soap also um i'm gonna might, have to research might do that, that. i actually make soap with lye I, I tried to do a little bit of research and i just couldn't find because you use a different kind of lye for soft soap but i've also read in the past when they historically made soap a lot of that soap wasn't actually hard. It was a much softer soap than what we. Okay, use so maybe now. they were using a, any kind but, of wood. You know, to do it just it. depends yeah. on how you're making it. I mean, they used it. They of course made it the old way with rainwater and hard wood ash. Yeah, and maybe it would depend on how many ashes you'd accumulate as to whether your soap got hard or not. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Maybe there's somebody in the audience. I, I tried to do a little bit of research on it. I really couldn't find any information on it. So if somebody does some right. experiments with some leaf ash to make lye and, and different types of leaves that make that certain kinds cool. of ash, I would love that kind of information. I, I think that would be very useful because every, I mean, tons of people burn their leaves, you know, people who don't right. burn wood, for wood stoves or anything, burn leaves. And if it's True. an option, if it's a way that you could get a dependable type of lye, say you're burning hard, say you're burning oak leaves, it does it make a hardwood uh, ash that can make soap well? I don't know, um, yeah. but I would love to know. I think that would be some useful information. Um, so yeah, I mean, if anyone wants to experiment with that one day, or maybe we'll experiment with that one day and try well. it and just see see love if it works. Yeah. I love my lye soap. I just make lye and fat soap. I don't add anything special. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if, so. if you're doing that and leaves are an option, I mean, you could take that ash and make use of it. Uh, because, like I said, there's a lot of people who burn leaves that don't burn anything else. And if you could use that right. on your garden and use it to make some products to use around the house, awesome. Use it because I think it's a great a great use of, of what you have there on the property. And it's yeah. a way you can use Perfect. it. Perfect. So. Yeah. Now you added this one and I forgot to add this one. I didn't even think about it, but you put down animal bedding that leaves can be used for animal bedding. And you're right. It makes a great animal bedding. How do you use it when you use it for that? Well, way? we've never had anything but chickens, but we used it for the chickens and I'm the chickens will turn that you add the chicken poop and then the chickens doing what chickens do, which is their little tillers, <laughs> man, that, that stuff came out absolutely beautiful. And then we would throw that in the compost because chicken poop's hot. 
Yeah. Did you pre-shred it for the chickens or you just let them shred it? No, we let them shred it. They okay. loved yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. They love to shred them. Yeah. yeah. So we would try, what we would try to do was bag up as many as we possibly could in the fall before they got all wet and nasty. Because mm-hmm. you do want them to be dry yeah. when you put them in the coop. And then we would put them in the coop and why they were in the coop during winter, because our chickens didn't love winter. So they would be in their coop more in the winter. They would just shred those. and would give them something to do too. And then you could put... Um, you could put a little feed if you wanted them to shred them more, mm-hmm. but we would do like a deep litter method and then we'd pull it all out, put it in the compost cause chicken poops hot. And then, yeah, it was yeah. great. And it was free. We didn't have to try to find hay or straw. We didn't Absolutely. have to find wood chips. It was just, it fl- fell from the sky. You could probably throw it in their nesting boxes and everything. And, and yep. yeah, they I loved mean- it. And they loved it because they would find like a bug or two here and there. And, and, and you, you know, you yeah. could bag that up, fall yeah. and have enough to even, I mean, if you was going around collecting bags of it and you had all you want, I mean, there's yeah. just an endless amount of leaves. Everybody's bagging them up, throwing them everywhere, especially if you drive through a neighborhood. Uh, everybody's just got, you know, several bags of them sitting out front. Maybe if you had a place to keep all that stuff, you could use that into the next year, into the summer, even right. the next year yeah. for all those things, for beddings and, and stuff. Yeah, so that was what limited us more was how much. Uh, it, it would storage. take a lot of space to store up yeah, all those bags of like, leaves. But yeah, they're not heavy. They're just big. But it takes a lot of space to store up a bunch of straw, too, if you're going to use straw or hay or whatever. So, I mean, if you could get it for free and use these leaf bags and just throw them in a you know, I don't right. shed or something, you could fill completely full of them. I mean, yeah, plus a lot of that. If you let it sit that long, it's going to start breaking down a little bit. You can even take some of those and use that in your garden for some amendment. Right. Well, um, yeah. Because it'll break down straw, in bags. <laughs> with straw and hay now, it's really hard to find it not sprayed. Yes. It's getting and very so difficult. if you your leaves you know where they came from they weren't sprayed and if you're picking them up you know most people a lot of people spray their lawns but not a lot of people spray their trees you know yeah Uh, not a lot of people spray their trees i mean there's a few times where there's trees that are sprayed for specific reasons but i think it's pretty rare not too many people are spraying their oak trees and their maple trees right right. people spraying those yeah but your straw and your hay it's pretty hard to source and for us we were putting that from the chicken coop to the compost to the garden and i was eating that so yeah i mean you know anytime you can be thrifty and healthy at the same time it's a win win to me yeah and i think yeah and i just look around and i'm you know this has come up a few times in the group i've seen people talk about leaves and things in in our facebook group and and uh, i just look outside i'm like man there's so many uses for these things we we just don't need to be wasting them i mean it's it's a wonderful resource that's just getting dropped right on your property for you and especially if you got a lot of trees like we do i mean it's just you know the more trees i get the happier i am about the big mess it's making on my yard because that is just it's like people always want a you know they get a hold of these power companies oh can you drop your uh, mulch wood here chips. you know yeah. keep bringing wood chips bring them and just dump them on my property well nature's dumping the leaves right there on your property right now so you can use those and um, it's something you don't have to go try to source. Yeah. Now, like I said, unless you just don't have a lot of trees or or don't have a lot of, you know, access to, which I, I just can't really imagine because in my neighborhood or right. there's just so many people setting them out in bags everywhere. So, yeah, um, I mean, I suppose there's places like, I don't know, Arizona or there's places yes, that don't have is. very many yeah, trees. Right. We, we just have here. Yeah. We're in the Midwest. I'm in northern Michigan. There's just so many leaves. Yeah, so. there, there's just an abundance. Yeah. And it's like I said, it's one of the best thing that best things that's been provided for us to to grow things in, to grow trees in, to grow our vegetables in, to to make use of. And like you said, animal bedding, to make things with it. I mean, it's just an amazing resource. And so don't I, ignore it. Don't blow it off. It's like or don't try to get rid of it. Don't don't ship it away from your property, I guess is what I'm saying. Just you can use it. Right. Yeah. And you can even bag it off of your neighbor. I wonder too about using it like you know the woods is where mushrooms grow i've never tried it but i wondered if somebody grew mushrooms using it you know what that that's probably a possibility yeah for sure i don't know that i've ever seen mushrooms growing on them but definitely under them (laughs) yeah that's what i wonder yeah so it does feed that fungal i'm gonna have to ask some ask my friend that yeah yeah that's somebody that knows about that a little bit more but there's a lot of uses there we come up with eight that are pretty just uh just off the top of our head and there's probably other uses for leaves that we didn't even think of but 
you can definitely use them in a few of those ways and probably use every leaf on your property and wish you had more before it's over with. So uh, I wrote an article about leaf mold that it'll be in the show that you can find a link uh, for that in the show notes. I have a, I have a link in the show notes about just composting basics that kind of breaks down the, uh, the, uh, uh, ratios and things and how to get started with uh, compost. We added a few other links. Uh, I actually found one on making a lie from wood ash, but the concept would be the same from for leaves because ash is just the ash you're dealing with, not the not the wood or the the leaves themselves. But you know how to make it from the ash. Um, so that that link will be in the show notes as well. Um, <laughs> I even have one in there about unclogging a drain with lie so like i said that i'm not taking any responsibility for that <laughs> you go check that out yourself see if it's something you're interested in trying right. is a i guess for an, in an emergency and you had to have it i would probably use it but evidently it works pretty good it's maybe too good um, well that's where they they sell it in the plumbing section yeah right so, so yeah yeah you can try it uh if it's something you want to try um and just leaves for this you know like i said how to uh, leave, leaving leaves, the benefits of leaving leaves on your property for wildlife mm-hmm. and soil and things like that. We just a few articles. There's a few articles that I have links to in the show notes. So if you want to uh, head over to the show notes, you can find those and get a little more deeper information on those things. We kind of took the uh, the airplane view and kind of went over these these things today. But you can get in a little more details with those links and for check sure. them out. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think. um Take take advantage. Be thrifty. Be uh be a good steward of what you have, and um, make use of those leaves. They're a they're a really really great resource for your homestead. So they use are. them in a great way. I know. Anything I tried else? to find information on different leaves because I know different leaves have different. I have in the leaf in, in the article. Well, in the article that uh, I wrote on leaf mold there there's that? a there's a couple yeah it basically yeah. just comes down to there okay I can just give you a brief overview of there there are some leaves like walnut leaves have juggling right. in them you probably right. wouldn't want to use that for making leaf mold or as a garden bedding uh, because the juggling can can actually stunt the growth of a lot of things yeah. so not using walnut leaves is, is wise um, there are some leaves that are just thicker leaves um, I'm trying to think of uh a couple right now i'm kind of drawing blank those take a lot longer to break down right i know oak breaks down quick i know maple i think breaks down pretty quick um there's some that in that, in that article i have a few listed right. a handful listed yeah. of things that are thicker leaves that break down slower yeah. there's nothing wrong with them they just take longer no. matter of fact you could probably break them down just quick if you shredded them mm-hmm. I, you could throw like some leaves will break down quick without shredding them some you should right. probably shred even to get them to to break down in a couple of years. So I kind of had mentioned that in the article, I believe. So, um, but yeah, definitely yeah, anything the, with juggalone, I would avoid. And the mineral content in some of those are different. Like I have a lot of mm-hmm. uh, white mulberry, yeah. which has different mineral content than my oak leaves. So, you know, if you wanted to get really sciencey about I it. Think, could, I think the best thing you could do would like be a, a mixture of leaves. Yep. So you best. get like a combination of the minerals and the different. Uh, qualities exactly. that each one of those would have for any of these things would probably be the right way to go about that. Well, so. diversity is always good yeah, for your always. compost pile and it's going to be the same for your leaf mold. Yep. 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 I agree. So yeah, that's, that's what we have for you today, folks. Uh, anything else you want to talk about today, Rachel? I think that's it. I did want to mention folks that we have a Patreon that we kicked back up a few weeks ago that, uh, and I bring this up because I've had a couple people complain that there are ads playing in the podcast. There's usually a couple ads that play in the podcast, and that's to kind of help us with the funding of the podcast. But you don't like ads? Hey, go sign up on Patreon uh, for just, uh, I think, five bucks a month. That's what we have set at. You can get ad-free yep. uh, versions of the podcast. Plus, there are some extra podcasts even in there, and we occasionally drop some extra stuff in there. There's some videos in there that drop in occasionally. You get a few extra things, you know, so uh, if you want to be a, a Patreon member, we appreciate that. And you won't have to listen to the uh, you won't have to listen to any ads. Also, you get ad free listening. So uh, for, for some of you, that's important. Right. And uh, we appreciate it. So if you want to be a Patreon right. member, you get get a few extra bonus things there. And, and we really appreciate it. And if not, keep on listening and uh, enjoy the ads. <laughs> right. We don't mind that either. So. Either way, it helps. So there you have it, folks. Um, Well, if there's nothing else, Rachel, I guess we'll end this. All right. 
All right, folks. Uh, until next uh, episode, happy homesteading and God bless. And grow where you're planted. Looking around, I finally see I think I need a change. The rat race I want to flee My world I'll rearrange I'm getting back to the roots Of how it's meant to be Growing gardens, picking fruit Racing livestock, living free Today